1: Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Tuesday, March 22nd, 2022. Coming up this hour.
2: Ukraine offers peace talks to Moscow as it holds Russian troops at bay.
1: President Biden issues a warning on Vladimir Putin, saying the leader's becoming increasingly desperate.
2: And questions remain unanswered on that deadly plane crash in China.
3: New York's top health official says she doesn't expect to see a steep surge in COVID-19 cases. Plus, Supreme Court nominee Jackson faces Senator's questions. Today, I'm Michael Barr. More ahead.
4: I'm John Stash in sports. Kevin Durant in the Nets beat the Jazz in Brooklyn, and another big-name quarterback is on the move. That's all straight
5: ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington DC, Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119 and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app.
2: Good morning, I'm John Tucker. I'm Nathan Hager.
1: U.S. futures are moving higher on this Tuesday morning. We're coming up to 6.01 on Wall Street. We check the markets every 15 minutes during the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures are up 14 points. Staff futures up 138. NASDAQ futures higher by 45 points. The DAX in Germany is up 1.1%. The CAC in Paris up 8 tenths of 1%. Ten-year Treasury is down 15.30 seconds. The yield 2.34% yield on the two-year. 2.18%. NYMEX crude is down 2.2% or $2.49 at $109.63 a barrel. Comex gold down two tenths percent or $4 at 19 dollars an ounce. The euro is at 1.0994 against the dollar and the yen is at 120.82.
2: John. And Nathan will have more on the markets in a minute, but first, new developments involving the war. Ukraine's president says he's ready to discuss a deal with Russia in exchange for a ceasefire. Amy Morris has details from our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington.
0: Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said late last night he is prepared to discuss a commitment from Ukraine not to seek NATO membership in exchange for a ceasefire, the withdrawal of Russian troops, and a guarantee of Ukraine security. He called it a compromise for everyone. He also repeated his call for direct talks with Russian President Vladimir Putin, saying that unless he meets with him personally, it's impossible to know if Russia even wants to stop the war. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Amy, thank
1: you. President Zelensky says his forces are still holding Russian troops at bay on several fronts. Retired U.S. Navy Commander Ward Carroll says Ukrainian forces remain resilient.
5: I can tell you from the legend of the ghost of Kiev to the other things that they've done, against overwhelming odds, their air force uh, has shown
1: itself to be very capable. Retired Navy Commander Ward Carroll spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio.
2: Meantime, the White House says Russian President Vladimir Putin's back is against the wall, and President Biden tells business leaders that makes him even more dangerous. He's suggesting Putin could soon use chemical weapons. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story.
5: Biden in front of the Business Roundtable CEO quarterly meeting said Putin is already sending up false flags about chemical weapons, saying the U.S. has used them as well.
1: They're also suggesting that Ukraine has biological and chemical weapons in Ukraine that's a clear sign he's considering using both of those. He's already used chemical weapons in the past, and we should be careful what about to, what's
5: about to come. Biden says the U.S. does not use chemical weapons, and the president also warned of a potential of increased cyber attacks. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg
1: Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. Another major story we're following brings us to yesterday's crash of a Boeing jet in China. All 132 people on board are believed dead. The cause of the crash is still unknown. Experts remain baffled by the plane's nosedive from 29,000 feet. Bloomberg's Stephen Engel has the latest from Hong Kong.
5: Xi Jinping, the president of China, said he's calling for an all-out investigation. They have found part of the wreckage. We just don't know how this accident happened on a flight from Kunming to Guangzhou that was already just about to descend to Guangzhou. It's very different from the MAX accidents in Indonesia and in Ethiopia.
1: Bloomberg's Stephen Engel says the China Eastern Airlines crash is China's worst commercial aviation accident in more than a decade.
2: And turning to the markets now, sell-off in bonds is deepening. After Fed Chair Jay Powell struck a more hawkish tone on his campaign against high inflation. you know The expectation
1: going into this year was that we would see basically see inflation peaking in the first quarter and maybe leveling out and then see a lot of progress in the second half. That story has already fallen apart to the extent it continues to fall apart. uh, My colleagues and I may well reach the conclusion that we'll need to move more quickly, and if so, we'll do so.
2: Jira Powell says the Fed is prepared to raise the interest rates by 50 basis points at the next policy meeting if needed. Tracy McMillan is head of Global Asset Allocation Strategy at Wells Fargo. They're preparing the markets for a really tough inflation fight. And so that means we're going to see higher yields. And we are seeing those higher yields in the front end of the curve where the Fed really has um, more of an impact. Wells Fargo's Tracy McMillan says she prefers equities over fixed income at the moment.
1: And we'll have much more on the future of interest rates and the fight against inflation later this morning, John, when we speak live with St. Louis Fed President Jim Bullard. Stay tuned for that conversation. It's coming up at 8.30 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio and Television.
2: And overnight, we saw the bond sell-off spread to Asia. Stocks in the region gained as the bonds fell. Let's get the recap from Bloomberg's Julia and Sally in Singapore. Good morning, Julia.
3: Good morning, John and Nathan. Australian yields hit their highest since 2018 on the 10-year note, while the Kiwi equivalent was at a five-year high. The yield differential between the US and Japan pushed the yen to a six-year low, boosting Japanese equities, which returned from a long weekend. The Nikkei 225 rose 1.5% in Tokyo to post its sixth consecutive session of gains, the longest streak since September. And Alibaba shares gained nearly 10% in Hong Kong as the
6: tech giant increased its share buyback program to $25 billion from $15 billion. In Singapore, Juliette Sali, Bloomberg Daybreak.
1: All right, Juliette, thanks. And on the earnings front this morning, shares of Nike are up uh, nearly six percent in early trading. The company's quarterly results topped estimates. Revenue outpaced expectations in all regions, including Greater China, where sales fell. Less than predicted. Right now, S&P futures are higher by 11 points. Dow futures up 125. NASDAQ futures up 31 points. Ten-year treasury is down 15.30 seconds. The yield 2.34%. NYMEX crude is now down 1.4% or $1.52 at $110.60 a barrel. The euro is at 1.0989 against the dollar. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg.
2: Thanks, Nathan. 607 on Wall Street,
3: and time to bring in Michael Barr to find out what else is going on in New York and around the world. John, thank you very much, sir. Russian opposition leader and jailed Kremlin critic Alexei Navalny was found guilty of fraud today. A Moscow court convicted Navalny over allegations he stole from his anti-corruption foundation. Navalny called the case politically motivated. New York's top health official says she does not expect to see a steep surge in COVID-19 cases as a new Omicron subvariant grows more prevalent in the state. State Health Commissioner Mary Bassett says that the variant now represents 42 percent of all cases in New York.
0: It
7: has been rising over the past couple of months, uh, but we have not seen the kind of rate of growth uh, in this dominance uh, that we've seen in the UK and in Europe. Uh, BA2 is more transmissible, as you know, than the original variant, but it does not appear to cause more severe illness.
3: Governor Kathy Hochul also spoke with Health Commissioner Bassett.
7: We have not focused as a nation as much on the treatment capabilities. You should, at first sign of symptoms, let your doctor know so you can start getting the treatments that can stop the circumstances from getting worse.
3: Governor Hochul says New York averaged around 2,100 new COVID-19 cases per day last week. Donald Trump's lawyers say a New York judge abused his discretion with a decision last month requiring the former president to answer questions under oath in a civil investigation into his business practices. In papers filed in the state appeals court, Trump's lawyers said the judge failed to properly weigh constitutional and ethical concerns that they'd raised about New York Attorney General Letitia James's investigation. Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson faces questioning in her second day of Supreme Court confirmation hearings. Jackson gave her opening remarks yesterday before the Senate Judiciary Committee.
6: I have been a judge for nearly a decade now, and I take that responsibility and my duty to be independent very seriously.
3: Republican Senator Ted Cruz.
6: Likewise, it's not about race. We will see Democrats in the media
8: suggest that any senator that is skeptical of your nomination, that questions you vigorously or that dares to vote against you must somehow harbor racial animus.
3: GOP Senator Ted Cruz. Global News, twenty four hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than twenty seven hundred journalists and analysts in more than one hundred twenty countries. Uh, Michael Barr, this is Bloomberg. John.
2: Michael, thank you. It's now six ten on Wall Street. That's time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashower.
4: Thanks, John. Even with Tom Brady's unretirement and Aaron Rodgers remaining in Green Bay. It's been stunning how many big-name quarterbacks have been traded. Russell Wilson to Denver, Deshaun Watson to Cleveland, and now Matt Ryan to Indianapolis. He was in Atlanta for 14 years. Once the NFL's MVP with the Colts, he'll replace Carson Wentz, who was just traded to Washington. That came a year after Wentz was traded to Indy. The Falcons' new QB will apparently be Marcus Mariota. Back up the last two seasons in Las Vegas. He signed as a free agent. In Brooklyn, the Nets beat the Jazz 114-106. Kevin Durant again led the way. 37 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists. Home game meant no Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons still has not made his Nets debut. Out with a herniated disc is coach Steve Nash. We still have high hopes that he can come back. He's had moments during his rehab where he's on the court doing some things. and. It looks like he's about to turn a corner and then there's a little setback, so I still feel optimistic that he can play for us. Knicks tonight host Atlanta. The Rangers visit the Devils. Kevin Willard, the coach at Seton Hall, the last 12 years, leaving to take over at Maryland and leading to some rather obvious speculation that he'll be replaced by Shaheen Holloway, former Seton Hall player who has coached St. Peter's to the NCAA Sweet 16. In Port St. Lucie, new Mets manager Buck Showalter watched new Mets pitcher Max Scherzer for Five innings called it as advertised. are allowed just one one. Mets lost to the Marlins 3-0. Yankees in Tampa Bay, five in uh, Tampa 5-2 over the Phillies. Three pitchers who could be in the rotation. Jameson Tyone, Nestor Cortez, Michael King all with two scoreless innings. John Stash, Bloomberg Sports, John.
2: All right, John. Uh, ahead of the cash open on Wall Street. Futures looking higher right now. The Dow Futures of 122 points. s and E-Mini Futures. 10 points higher, and the NASDAQ futures right now are up 25 points. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Daybreak brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off of the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your tri-state area Audi dealer to get the behind-the-wheel of yours today, or visit AudiOffers.com for more information.
5: Markets, headlines, and breaking news twenty-four hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: Nathan Hager. Stocks are climbing along with U.S. equity futures as a sell-off in bonds deepens. This came out after a Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell signaled yesterday that the central bank will take more aggressive measures to clamp down on inflation, including the possibility of a 50 basis point hike at the Fed's next policy meeting in May. We check the markets every fifteen minutes during the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S and P futures are up eleven points. Dow futures up one hundred twenty-seven. Nasdaq futures are higher by thirty-one points. The DAX in Germany is up eight tenths percent. The CAC in Paris is higher by a half percent. Ten-year Treasury is down sixteen thirty seconds. Now the yield two point three four percent. NYMEX crude down one point one percent or a dollar twenty-two at one hundred ten dollars ninety cents a barrel. Uh, Comex gold down a dollar fifty at nineteen thirty-three thirty an ounce. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now, here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael?
3: Thank you very much, Nathan. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is set to virtually deliver his address to the Japanese parliament tomorrow to rally international support for his country's fight against Russia's invasion. Zelensky has made virtual addresses to the U.S. Congress, as well as parliaments in Europe, Canada, and Israel. A Russian court has found jailed Kremlin critic Alexei Navalny guilty of large-scale fraud. Navalny is already serving a more than two-year sentence in prison for parole violations he says were fabricated. In the NBA, the Nets and Celtics won. The Wizards lost. In the NHL, the Bruins beat the Canadiens in overtime 3-2. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. John.
2: All right, Michael, thank you. Coming up on 620 on Wall Street, we are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. The flood of refugees continues as the war in Ukraine rages on. Joining us now with an update. Bloomberg's Aggie Cantra live from Poland at a humanitarian aid center there. Aggie, thanks for being with us. Can you give us an idea of the numbers we're talking about?
7: Yes, yeah, so we're looking at over three million displaced people within uh who have now gone to other countries. That's about It's now about 3.4 million refugees that have fled not only to Poland, but to other nations, mostly within the EU. Um, But it's also important to note the figure of displaced people in general, that they think that 10 million people in total have fled their homes since the start of the war. That's a statistic from the UN. And what that means is that a huge amount of those people have been displaced within Ukraine. So while this country is trying to deal with a serious conflict in their own uh, territory they're also dealing with a humanitarian crisis of a lot of people who are looking to be rehoused mostly in the west of the country away from the fighting
2: are the uh, people still coming across the border into poland does that uh, have any uh, sign of slowing down at all
7: Yes, they are still coming over. There does seem to be a slight dissipation in just how many people are crossing over into the EU from Poland, uh, from Ukraine. However, it doesn't seem to be slowing completely. There are still a lot of people arriving. I'm right now in a place which is essentially a transport hub slightly away from the border where people come after arriving at the border and then um, are then taken to wherever they're looking to go, whether that be another city in Poland or further afield to uh, Germany or France. I was just speaking to a woman who's going to go to Spain to stay with friends. So there's still a huge amount of people crossing over the border. And um, there seems to be less of an impact on the areas around the border in the last week or so as the authorities here come up with better processes in order to streamline it so people can get away from the border quicker.
2: Can you share some of the stories that uh, that they're telling?
7: Yes, so especially in the last couple of weeks as uh, seeing as I've been here for as I started coming here just as the war broke out and now that we're a couple of weeks into this what's really telling is how the people who are arriving now a great deal of them have personal experience of this shelling of these bombardments of their cities i was just speaking to a woman from kiev who sp- spent the last several uh, weeks hiding in basements and in bunkers and then has now left she first went to lviv in the west of ukraine and has now decided to come to poland and this is the case for a lot of the people who are arriving now also it's important to see the fact that. When people first started fleeing, almost as a precautionary measure, a lot of them had contacts in Europe. They had connections with other people within the European Union, friends or family who already live in the European Union, so they had a place to go. A lot of the people coming now do not speak so much uh, English or other languages, and a lot of them uh, are deeply traumatized by the war itself, having had first-hand experience of it.
2: What's ahead of them?
7: It's really, it really is difficult to say. A lot of them have been able to, through these uh, directives that the EU is supporting, that a lot of them will be able to enter the labour market, or in the case of the many minors who have come over, will be able to enter the education system. That is something that the EU has tried to make sure is in place so that people can enter the labor market, but also so that they don't need to be in this limbo phase. Because something that has been a criticism of the EU in other refugee crises before this one has been that a lot of people, even if they are trying to look for work and want access to work, because of the convoluted process in applying to, to be a refugee in the EU, sometimes it's possible for them to enter the labor force until that process is complete.
2: And at least in their immediate future, there's no hope of even returning home, it sounds.
7: Yes, although pretty much without fail, most people that I speak to here want to return home. That is their end hope, is that they all say that they would like to return to their cities, even if they don't know what their cities may look like i cannot say that that is the case for every refugee who has crossed the border but a huge amount of them really hope that they will be able to return to ukraine
2: yeah who knows what's going to be left though aggie thanks very much we appreciate your reporting bloomberg's aggie cantrell uh, from poland this morning the humanitarian center there near the border You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak and head of the open on Wall Street Dow futures right now, 147 points higher. That's up four-tenths of a percent. S&P futures up 14 right now, up three-tenths of a percent. The NASDAQ futures up 39 points. This is Bloomberg. And the Bloomberg weather for today for meteorologist Rod Carroll: Clouds and some sun, especially north of the city. The high temperature, about 60. And tomorrow, cloudy cooler showers in the afternoon. The high temperature, about 50 degrees It's six thirty on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm John Tucker.
1: I'm Nathan Hager. We're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers, Simple IBKR Global Trader app. Deposit in your local currency and trade stocks in the U.S., Europe, and Asia. Start your free trial at IBKR.com/slash global trader up first Vladimir Zelensky says Ukraine's forces are still holding Russian troops at bay the president is also indicating his nation would hold a referendum on the terms of any potential peace agreement with Russia Zelensky is addressing Italy's parliament right now
2: meantime President Biden says Russia's use of hypersonic missiles against Ukraine is a sign President Vladimir Putin is growing desperate now the president's warning about possible cyber attacks
1: they've just uh launch their hypersonic missile because it's the only thing that they can get through with absolute certainty. He wasn't anticipating the extent or strength of our unity. And the more his back is against the wall the greater the severity of the tactics he may employ.
2: President Biden asking the U.S. private sector to, quote, harden your cyber defense immediately.
1: Well, in China, meantime, John, investigators are still trying to figure out why a China Eastern Airlines Boeing jet suddenly fell from the sky yesterday. That crash is believed to have killed all 132 people on board. In response, China Eastern has grounded its fleet of Boeing 737-800s.
2: And turning to the markets, the sell-off in bonds is deepening. And to the Fed chair, Jay Powell struck a more hawkish tone on the central bank's campaign against the inflation. He's opening the door to a 50-basis point hike at the central bank's upcoming meetings.
1: We will take the necessary steps to ensure a return to price stability. In particular, if we conclude that it is appropriate to move more aggressively by raising the federal funds rate by more than 25 basis point at a meeting or meetings, we will do so. And if we determine that we need to tighten beyond common measures of neutral and into a more restrictive stance,
4: we'll do that as well.
2: Jay Powell and other Fed officials issue their next policy decision May 4th. Stay tuned for more on the Fed this morning when we speak live with St. Louis President Jim Bullard. Catch that conversation at 8.30 a.m. Wall Street Time on Bloomberg Radio and Television.
1: And on the earnings front this morning, John, shares of Nike are up nearly 6% in early trading. The company's quarterly results topped estimates. Revenue outpaced expectations in all regions, including Greater China, where sales fell less than predicted. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day brought to you by interactive brokers. S&P futures up 16 points. Dow futures up 164. NASDAQ futures up 50 points. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg.
2: Thanks, Nathan. 633 on Wall Street. And yeah, let's bring in Michael Barr now to tell us what else is going on in New York and around
3: the world. John, thank you very much, sir. New York's top health official is talking about the latest new Omicron subvariant growing in the state. State Health Commissioner Mary Bassett.
7: We don't expect to see a steep surge in cases in New York State uh all, at the moment, uh, BA2 comprises about 42% of all the cases here in the state.
3: Health Commissioner Bassett says, though, New York State averaged around 2,100 new COVID-19 cases per day last week. That is up 32% from the previous week. New York Governor Kathy Hochul.
7: I just want everyone to know that we've never taken our foot off the gas when it comes to our preparedness for dealing with this pandemic. We never had a high five moment and said it's over. We're in a new phase. We've been adapting to the circumstances and reopening in a way that I still believe should continue. That's an important point to make.
3: Governor Hochul says the number of patients hospitalized with COVID-19 in New York has fallen from 12,700 in early January to around 900. A Russian court has found jailed Kremlin critic Alexei Navalny guilty of large-scale fraud. Navalny is already serving a more than two-year sentence in prison for parole violations. Navalny says the cases were fabricated. Supreme Court nominee Ketanji Brown-Jackson will face senators' questions during confirmation hearings to become the only black female justice in the court's history. Yesterday, Judge Jackson delivered her opening remarks before the Judiciary Committee.
6: If I am confirmed, I commit to you... That I will work productively to support and defend the Constitution.
3: Some Republicans charge that Jackson has been too lenient in sentencing on criminal matters. Texas firefighters gained the upper hand over historic wildfires as violent weather closed in on urban centers and residents of Dallas and Austin sought shelter from tornadoes. The largest cluster of blazes that erupted late last week west of the Dallas metro area was 60 percent contained you may want to throw out this lotion if you have it over possible bacteria contamination people are urged by the fda to check their jurgens ultra healing moisturizer bottles because they may contain bacterial contamination global news 24 hours a day on air and on bloomberg quick Tank, powered by more than 2700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries i'm michael barr and this is bloomberg john
2: all right michael thank you very much
3: 636 on Wall Street, and that's
2: time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashower.
4: All right, John, night after the Utah Jazz beat the Knicks at the Garden, they went to Brooklyn, they lost to the Nets, 114-106. As Kevin Durant scored 37 points, the season began. Durant thought he'd be part of a big three. Not the case. James Harden's now in Philadelphia, traded for Ben Simmons, who's still yet to play for Brooklyn. To a back, injury and Kyrie Irving, of course, only allowed to play on the road. KD's still hopeful that may change.
3: Frustrated, you know, being able to play and... You know, we figured this stuff would be rolled back by now and would be way past this, but the situation we're in. we got to deal with it. He's got to deal with it, and uh, we're trusting that it'll get figured
4: out here soon. Except that Irving seems determined not to get the vaccine. The City Hall seems dug in on not making an exception to the private sector in-person mandate. There are believed to be unvaccinated Met and Yankee players. This could affect them, too. Mets lost to the Marlins, but Max Scherzer was sharp in five innings. Yanks beat the Phillies. Another big-name quarterback got traded. Matt Ryan, 14 years with Atlanta, four-time Pro Bowler, a one-time MVP. Sent to Indianapolis for a third-round draft pick. The Falcons then signed free agent QB Marcus Mariota. New Orleans sticking with Jameis Winston. He'd be signed with the Saints. Kevin Willard leaving Seton Hall to be the new coach at Maryland. Shaheen Holloway, already seen as the likely favorite to replace Willard. Holloway is a former Seton Hall player who has coached St. Peter's in the NCAA Sweet 16. As of now, Phil Mickelson is not going to play the upcoming Masters. He recently said he was taking time off. He has played in every Masters since 1994. John Hour, Bloomberg Sports. John?
2: All right, John, thanks a lot. 637 on Wall Street. And time now to take a look at stocks, some of the names that are moving in the pre-market. And for that, we're joined by Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent, Kriti Gupta. So um, let's start off with the name that we focused on yesterday at this time.
6: Yeah, Boeing is very much in the spotlight as we get more details around uh, the really devastating Chinese plane crash over there. Remember, this was operated by uh, the Chinese, China Eastern Airlines, um, but this was not the 737 MAX. This is the predecessor of that model. Nevertheless, Boeing shares took quite the hit yesterday. Today, they're actually up two-tenths of a percent, but that's not because of positive news. just a very normal reaction when you have such a big sell-off the day before. That being said, I wanted to very quickly look at Boeing stock in particular because one of the big ramifications of this story is whether or not it gets regulatory approval from China to unground the 737 MAX, which, by the way, the 737 family makes up most of Boeing's revenue. So this is a really big deal. You've already had the ungrounding at the FAA in the United States and the EASA, which is the European Aviation Authority. But China is kind of the last... Uh, Person, or last uh, authority to kind yeah. of give that green light, and they haven't yet. And this actually kind of puts a little bit of a wrench into things. I want to throw some numbers out here. I'm sorry I'm nerding out, but trust me, it'll be worth it, That's right. John Tucker. We welcome that. <laughs> He's rolling his eyes at me, folks. <laughs>
2: well, certainly am not. <laughs>
6: um, but what's interesting to me is that the revenue you got from China for Boeing, it was 13% of wow. Boeing's entire revenue in 2017. Now, it's only 3%. And a lot of that is simply a function of the fact that China hasn't given the go-ahead. Five years ago, John, this was a $400 stock. It is now struggling to stay above 200 So once again, halved in just three years. I, I thought I'd share that little tidbit with you.
2: All right, let's move on to um, sneakers. <laughs> sneakers.
6: <laughs> sneakers. Nike. NKE is your ticker. I as heard as somebody as
2: this morning 6%. call it Nike.
6: I heard that's what the Germans do. Um, it's it's good that we're not talking about Adidas or Adidas. Adidas not yeah, what do you say? I'm to stick with Adidas. I grew up with. Well, it's a guy's
2: name, so uh, technically it is Adidas, but in this country we say even the company in this country says Adidas. So.
6: I'm going to stick with Nike. (laughs) It's an easier one. Up 6%. (laughs) NKE is your ticker. They had some pretty blockbuster earnings, so this is a pretty natural reaction. Despite talking about some of the supply chain headwinds, uh, shipping issues, Nike really still kind of blowing it out of the water. The other stock I want to quickly get to was Alibaba. BABA is your ticker. Up 9% this morning in free market trading after ramping up its share buyback program to $25 billion. Of course, this comes after a pretty big regulatory crackdown that wiped out 470 Seventy billion dollars of the e-commerce giant's value so perhaps a little bit of buy the dip there
2: yeah absolutely bloomberg radio and tv markets correspondent pretty good but pretty thanks a lot appreciate it and uh looking at stocks as a whole ahead of the open we have s&p futures right now they are higher up 16 points that's a four-tenths of a percent the uh dow futures up 169 points and nasdaq futures they're 50 points higher. A different story in the bond market. 10-year yield right now 2.34%. This is Bloomberg. And Bloomberg weather for today from meteorologist Rob Carolyn. Clouds and some sunshine, especially north of the city. The high temperature topping out around 60. Tomorrow cloudy, cooler, showers in the afternoon, the high 50
5: markets headlines and breaking news 24 hours a day at bloomberg.com the bloomberg business app and at bloomberg quick take this is a bloomberg business flash
1: i'm nathan hager futures are moving higher so are bond yields let's head right over to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call with bill maloney good morning bill and good morning, Nathan. U.S. futures are in the green right now. Dow futures up 175 points. S&P's gained 17, while well, Nasdaq futures are up by 52. The U.S. 10 year at 2.34%. Gold is down 7, but Bitcoin is trading higher by 4%. Hong Kong rose 3.2% overnight, while European markets are also in the green led by 1% gains in Germany. Back in the U.S. on the economic front at 10 o'clock, a Richmond Fed. And after the Bellos Night Nike sales speed estimates, the stock is up 6% in the pre-market. And Alibaba says they are hiking buybacks to $25 Those shares are up 9% pre-market. Wrapping things up, Altria was raised to buy over at Goldman Sachs, but Philip Morris was cut to neutral. Live from the first of breaking news desk,
8: I'm Bill Maloney.
1: Nathan. Okay, Bill. Thanks. Here live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal. S Q U A go. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. And now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael.
3: Thank you very much, Nathan. Russia is refocusing its military campaign in Ukraine on the east and above all, the port city of Mariupol. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky has described the assault as a war crime that will be remembered for centuries. A Russian court has found Kremlin critic Alexei Navalny guilty of fraud. Navalny has dismissed the case as politically motivated. Navalny, already facing a a two-and-a-half-year sentence, could face an additional 13 years win sentence for this case. Supreme Court nominee Ketanji Brown-Jackson will face senators' questions for the first time as Democrats push to quickly confirm the only black female justice in the court's history. In the NBA, the Nets and Celtics won. The Wizards lost. In the NHL, the Bruins beat the Canadiens in overtime 3-2. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan.
1: Okay, Michael, thanks. It's 6-4. on Wall Street. Let's turn to news in science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. It's brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, ranked in the top 2% nationally for alumni, mid-career earnings and number one in the nation for student upward economic mobility. More at njit.edu. Now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering and math. Japan's government has alerted the Tokyo region of potential blackouts. Power supplies are low after several coal-fired plants temporarily Stop generating electricity following last week's earthquake. The rare alert calls on households and companies to conserve power. It's coinciding with snow and unusually cold weather for early spring in Tokyo, which has been prompting people to use heaters. The magnitude 7-4 quake off the coast of Fukushima last week killed four people and injured more than 230 others. A drive to vaccinate more than 9 million children against polio has been launched this week in four countries in southern and eastern Africa after an outbreak was confirmed in Malawi. Three more rounds of vaccinations will follow in the coming months. The goal is to reach more than 20 million children. And Apple has resolved a widespread network outage that knocked services like Apple Music, iCloud, and the App Store offline yesterday for some users. The outage hindered product repairs, swaps, and item pickups, and it limited corporate workers' ability to communicate and access internal websites but apple has resolved that outage now that's the bloomberg njit stem report
2: john all right thank you nathan we are live from the bloomberg interactive broker studios where it is now 651 on wall street that's time to check what's going on in dc As some of the top stories out of the nation's capital include president biden sees the risk of a russian cyber attack on the u.s the sanctions bite against russia The president also says the hypersonic missile deployment shows desperation on the part of Vladimir Putin. And the oil thirst is forcing the president to pivot the U.S. back to Saudi Arabia. And also Judge Jackson promises a neutral posture after the approach to deciding cases. Of course, the confirmation hearings getting underway on Capitol Hill. Let's take a deeper dive into some of these stories this morning with Joe Matthew, host of Bloomberg Sound On, heard weekdays at 5 p.m. On Bloomberg Radio. Joe, let's start off with the, uh, the warnings being mm-hmm. delivered by uh, President Biden. Sounds like he really expects something to happen as Russia kind of gets a little more desperate.
8: It's interesting because we keep hearing there's no specific threat. We can't even tell you that it's necessarily going to happen, but we're warning you that it's probably going to happen. That was the messaging from the White House yesterday, not just from the president. We got a written a statement from the president, but also the second in charge, Ann Newberger, Deputy National Security Advisor for Cyber. She specializes on this and actually walked into the briefing room with the press secretary yesterday to really underscore uh, this call to action, as she called it, they want companies and and owners of critical infrastructure to accelerate efforts to, in, in in the words of the president, lock their digital doors, right, harden their defenses because they believe something is coming. And no one seems to be able to quantify, John, what the White House response would be.
2: Yeah, and we know that Russia is very, very good, very accomplished at cyber attacks. Too. Practice,
8: yes. And the thing is, we have uh, we have great capabilities in this area. We've really never shown them, at least not on purpose. And and there are a lot of questions about well, what would a cyber retaliation look like if they come here to knock the lights out or steal data? What could we do to Russia? And it does uh, make the imagination start to wander
2: yeah maybe the future of warfare as well mm-hmm. That's right. the um the hypersonic missiles that have been deployed by russia against yeah. ukraine the president also weighing in on that what did he say
8: they call them dagger missiles they fly more than 5 times the speed of sound this particular model that russia fired is about 10 times the speed of sound which makes it essentially impossible to stop them uh the the point here though is as this gets bogged down into a stalemate russia According to the Pentagon, the administration is using much longer range, more destructive uh, weapons like these missiles and like cruise missiles, as we've seen more recently as well, as opposed to tanks rolling into Kiev. We've seen ground forces bogged down on such a level that this desperation, uh, as you refer to the president describing, is causing them to to, to start uh, launching weapons from much further distances and with much deadlier effects. The the stuff that we've seen, the images from Maripal and from other cities has just been absolutely horrifying. And we've got a massive humanitarian crisis underway as a result.
2: All right. We've all seen the, the pain at the pump as we uh, fill up our automobiles. The oil thirst that the United States is... Uh thirsting for the oil, I should say, because of Ukraine. That's forcing the president to pivot back to Saudi Arabia. Mm. And i got to say, Joe Biden uh, does not exactly have a great relationship with the Saudi crown prince.
8: Well, when you spend a couple of months on the campaign trail calling somebody a pariah, they might not return your phone call when you need a favor. Uh, and it's unclear exactly how this is going to end. Look, We've got pretty bad choices, right, when it comes to this. You want to call Iran, you want to call Venezuela, or you want to call Saudi Arabia? We understand that there have been some overtures. Uh, three people familiar with this telling Bloomberg the two sides trying to arrange a call uh, between the president and the crown prince for the first time, but it's going to take time. And of course, John, that's the one thing we don't really have. And uh,
2: to be sure, the Saudi crown prince is
8: is no angel. Um, hey,
2: let's move on to another Big story. Big fan there. of journalists. Yes. Go <laughs> yeah. Ahead. Yeah. Exactly. Um. In in Washington. The confirmation hearings for Judge Jackson, Um, what's happened so far and where are we headed?
8: Well, we got started uh, formally yesterday. The the first day is all about introductions, opening statements. It's kind of a grind, a lot of listening to people talk, and we're going to be doing more listening today. But. This is when we get to the actual business at hand. Today and tomorrow are the questions. There are 22 members on the Judiciary Committee, half of them Republicans. Everybody gets 50 minutes, so almost an hour each, which means it's going to go well into tomorrow. 18, 19 hours of questioning. but. Anyone who's come this far as a Supreme Court nominee has been very carefully prepared. And based on the opening statements we we heard yesterday, we have a sense of where this is going to go. A lot of Republican members want to paint Ketanji Brown-Jackson as soft on crime. They're questioning her rulings in child porn cases, her sentences as a judge, and her defense of some Guantanamo Bay detainees. She spent time as a public defender. And all of this is going to come together through the eyes of Republicans who are still very sore about the Kavanaugh hearings. We heard multiple references to Kavanaugh and what this hearing would not be, according to Republicans. Let's find out together what it becomes today.
2: And you're going to be there watching it all. Joe Matthew, host of Bloomberg Sound On, heard weekdays at 5 p.m. on Bloomberg Radio. Thanks a lot. You can read more about these stories uh, at Bloomberg.com or the Bloomberg Terminal. And a reminder, you can follow all the latest. On Bloomberg Radio in Washington, that's Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Nathan.
1: Okay, John, thanks. 6.56 on Wall Street. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. March is Women's History Month, and every day this month we're celebrating significant moments in women's history. And with your installment for March 22nd, here's Bloomberg's Ornita
6: Young. On this day in women's history in 1638, Anne Hutchinson is banished from the Massachusetts Bay Colony for her religious teachings. She began hosting theological discussions in her home when she moved to Boston. Hutchinson criticized clergy, who at the time promoted a deed-based theology. She advocated that salvation was assured only through grace. But Puritan authorities, who were threatened by her teachings, charged her with heresy and sedition. Hutchinson was later convicted of blasphemy and the judgment was banishment from the Massachusetts Bay Colony. That's Today in Women's History. I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Radio.
1: All right, Renita, thank you. Futures are moving higher along with bond yields this morning. We have S and P futures up sixteen points, Dow futures up one hundred seventy, Nasdaq futures are higher by fifty points. The ten year treasury is down fourteen thirty seconds. The yield two point three four percent yield on the two year two point one six percent. NYMEX crude is down about one percent or a dollar seven at one hundred eleven dollars five cents a barrel. Much more to come on Bloomberg Surveillance this morning with Jonathan Farrow, Lisa Abramowitz, and Kaylee Lines for John Tucker.
0: I'm Nathan Hager.
1: This is Bloomberg.
0: The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg.